The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast in is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports bet research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN to get 10% to get a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge, sponsored by Edge Boost, free to enter, and $20,000 in Edge Boost deposit bonuses up for grabs. Enter today at sportscampockets.com slash NFL Playoff. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. And now it is currently Wednesday afternoon, January 10th, and I'm your host, always, Scott Reichel, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a somewhat long episode because we have a lot of matches to preview. It is quarterfinal time in Adelaide and in Auckland. So we're going to cover the four quarterfinal matches in Adelaide, then the four quarterfinal matches in Auckland, and then we'll wrap up the show, as always, with a lock and dog pick. Before we continue that, though, do want to recap how we did in the last episode for the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, ended up winning with Shevchenko Moneyline at minus 140 against Echeverry. Definitely not easy. In fact, the match was a war, but Shevchenko was on the right side as he ended up winning the final set 7-5, so got the job done for us. Got buried in the next round because he was pretty injured from that Echeverry match. He called for the trainer a couple of times, but Shevchenko did us a solid as he got us the win. As for the dog, we had no action because we had the over two and a half sets in the Arnaldi and Fuksovics match. Arnaldi showed up, Fuksovics did not, and the match got voided. So either way, point is, ended up going undefeated, won the lock, but had no action for the dog. Hopefully, we'll get the sweep here for this Wednesday episode. But don't really have anything else to add for the context or the recap purposes because we're in a preview the previous matches in these upcoming quarterfinal match previews once we go through the path of each player. So nothing we're going to talk about. Time to move into the actual match preview. Starting off with Adelaide, we're going to look at what should be, once again, a pretty solid set, a pretty decent amount of competitive quarterfinal matches, at least based on paper. Starting off with the first match, you have O'Connell taking on Korda. Now, O'Connell is a dog, does have a bit of home court advantage, but the point is Korda is the favorite of minus 250. O'Connell is plus 210. Korda minus 3.5 games is minus 105. O'Connell plus 3.5 is minus 115. As for the over-under, 22.5 games, over is minus 110. Under is minus 110 as well. If you want some alta lines, over 21.5 is minus 140. Under is plus 110. If you want the set wagering, you can get Korda winning straight sets at minus 110. O'Connell to win a set at minus 120. Match to go three sets is plus 165. So for starters, got to mention the overall path of both players. They faced off in the head-to-head twice, by the way. They have split, faced off in 2020 on two separate occasions. O'Connell won one, and then Korda won the other. So I don't know if that really means anything since that was about four years ago. But the point is O'Connell has been really good as a wild card entry as he beat Rinderknich and he ended up beating Shevchenko in straight sets. As for Korda, ended up winning his first match against Sonigo here in straight sets. Not easy, though. Korda was down a break in the second set, came back and ended up winning the tiebreaker in the second set, 12-10. Now, Korda has been very up and down. We know his upside is there, but he's a head case who tends to choke matches. So the question is, do I trust him to actually win by margin? I really don't. Now, I think that Korda is the better player, 
So I do acknowledge that. But I do think O'Connell can make this match interesting. And I do think that he can unload the one-handed backhand to make life difficult for Corda, at least trying to push him around the court. Corda, I do think, is the better player, though, so I think he probably wins this. But do I think he wins in straight sets? Maybe. If he does, it's going to be a competitive straight sets. So I do think I'm leaning to the games here with O'Connell. I might lean to the over. I can see a tiebreaker in this one. But I do think O'Connell hangs in there. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I do think this match will be more up in the air than the odds suggest. So I'll lean to the dog here plus the games, but I do think Corda will get the job done on the money line. Moving on to the actual next match, you have a close match based on the odds compared to the quarter match. You have the Jari and Laheshka match, where Jari is minus 135 and Laheshka is plus 115. As for the game spread, uh, you have Laheshka being plus one and a half at minus 120. You have Jari at minus one and a half at even money. The over-under set at 23 and a half, minus 105 to the over, minus 115 to the under. As for set wagering, you can get the Jari straight sets win at plus 200. Lashka straight sets win at plus 275. Over two and a half sets is plus 125. So looking at the actual match and what we're expecting here, they faced off two times in their careers, both times on clay. They had one in a... Actually, no, both were on clay and ended up chopping. Now, that doesn't mean anything because it was about three years ago and that was on clay. So the question is, who do I trust more in this match? Well, Heska should be the more rested guy uh, because he ended up having a three-set match that took a little bit less time than the Arnaldi match. The Arnaldi match with Jari took three hours and 19 minutes. So he was on the court for a long time. Probably should have lost the match, if I'm being honest, because Arnaldi was up a break in the second set and had a couple of match points on serve in the third set breaker before eventually choking it. Segway, by the way, that's kind of an issue with Arnaldi. He tends to choke a little bit when he's serving it out for matches. Saw it last year, for example, against... Who was that against? Karatsev, I believe, at the end of last year. But to go through the three-set match that Laheshka had against Lahovich, it was long, but it was not that long. It was only two hours, 15 minutes, so he was on the court for about an hour or less compared to Jari, which might help out. But I do think the over is worth consideration in this match, probably for sets. I can see this going either way. I think that based on the price point, you can argue this value on Laheshka because it's going to be up in the air, and the fact that Lahesh goes on the court for an hour or less is definitely going to benefit him the longer this match goes. So I think the value might be on Laheshka, but I do like the over in this match. I see a close battle, not many breaks. Give me a breaker or two, and I do like the over because of it, whether it's the games or the sets. Moving on to the next match in Adelaide, you have a matchup taking place between uh, Bublik and Musetti. Now, Bublik was able to win in a pretty competitive match against Evans, at least for the first set. Then Bublik came back and kind of buried Evans for the final two sets, as Bublik won the last two sets by the score of 6-2, 6-1. As for Musetti, he absolutely curb-stomped Jordan Thompson in front of the home crowd fans for Thompson. To make matters worse for Thompson, not only did he get buried in straight sets against Musetti, he also got injured. He kind of hurt his groin midway through that second set, and he got a bunch of injury timeouts. And he got he ended up getting broken the last couple times he was serving. He really couldn't extend, and that was definitely going to be an issue that might plague him in the Australian Open. So keep an eye out for Thompson, because not only did he lose in this match, but he also potentially hurt his status or success potential in the Australian Open because of the groin injury. So keep that in mind. Do you want to mention, though, 
that Jordan Thompson in that first set against Musetti won a total of zero return points. Zero. Now, I don't know when the groin issue started, but it definitely was present in the second set. But zero return points, one, is absolutely insane, and I wanted to give, give at least a mention to it in passing, because Musetti is not known for being a good server. He has improved in that area, but the serve was very good in the match on uh, Wednesday morning, so we'll see if that carries over into this one. Bublik, though, is the favorite, as he probably should be, at minus 120. Musetti is the dog at plus 100. As for the game spread, minus one on Bublik, plus one on Musetti. As for the over-under, 22.5 games, minus 110 on both sides. If you want Bublik to win in straight sets, that's available at minus one at uh, plus 180. If you want Musetti to win in straight sets, that's plus 240. Match to go three sets is plus 130. So Musetti was in really bad form entering the last match, and then he ended up beating Thompson in a very uh, convincing fashion. As for Bublik, he's been up and down, uh, but so far this season he's played two matches, beat McCabe, a relative unknown, and he ended up beating Evans in three. Not totally shocked. I thought Evans was was alive to win that match, so the fact that it went three was really not surprising. Now, Bublik does have a lot of length, So I do think he can get a racket on a lot of Musetti's serves. The issue with Bublik is the fact that he hits a lot of unforced errors, and his shot selection and tennis IQ are pretty low. And Musetti does a pretty good job, especially on these courts, of using the one-handed backhand, using some topspin to make life difficult for his opponents and to keep his opponents behind the baseline, which I do think will benefit Musetti in this matchup. Now, they face off one time. In their careers, faced off on grass in 2022, Bublik won the first set 6-3, and Musetti ended up retiring. Means nothing. It's on That was on grass. Bublik's best service is grass, so that doesn't matter. For the sake of this matchup, I think there might be some value on Musetti, or at least towards the over in this match. Musetti's serve appears to be improved, and Bublik, I know, has the talent to beat anybody, but he also has the mental game or lack thereof to lose to anybody and I do think Musetti is a player that is in pretty good form even money for a coin flip match does seem kind of appealing I acknowledge Bublik's the better player but I do think that his lack of patience can come back to bite him and the double fault issues of course so for me I'm going to lean to the over and sets here I think plus 130 is a good price and that's going to be my main angle for this matchup that should be quite competitive. Moving on to the final match in Adelaide, you have a matchup between Draper and Paul. Paul's minus 140, Draper is plus 120 on the money line. Uh, Paul minus one and a half games, minus 120. Draper plus one and a half games is minus 120. As for the actual total, you have Draper and Paul set at 22 and a half. Uh, for the games, over is minus 115, under is minus 105. If you want the set wagering, Paul to win in straight sets is plus 190. Draper winning straight sets is plus 250. Match to go three sets is plus 125. Now, in the head-to-head, Draper has done pretty well for himself, so I'm curious if that's going to continue in this Thursday match because it is taking place technically Thursday morning. Now, to go through the head-to-head, Draper's 1-0. They faced off in Adelaide, actually, last year, and Draper did win 6-4, 6-4. However, I have to at least point out the bad scheduling spot once again because Draper's got a history of injuries, and you have the US o- and you have the Australian Open on deck. I do wonder if Draper is going to be exhausted, and maybe he withdraws. We'll see what happens. Maybe he retires mid-tournament, but the point is he had a three-and-a-half-hour marathon against Kikmanovic, and now he has no day off in between. 
Paul, though, coasted, had a bye, then beat Bolt 6-3, 6-2. And Paul was only on the court for an hour and eight minutes. So he was on the court for two and a half hours less than Draper. I know Draper's a very good hardcore player. I like him a lot. But the schedule spot is really bad. And we know Paul's definitely not afraid of having long matches where he will constantly rally and make points extremely long. I have questions about Draper especially with his durability issues in years past, and I do think that Draper might either be completely out of gas or maybe he loses a set or two or maybe he loses a set and then maybe he quits and decides to save his energy for the Australian Open. We'll see what happens, but I really do like Paul on the money line here at minus 140. It's mainly a spot play, but Draper had an absolute marathon, and now he's got to turn around immediately and try to compete against the guy that, A, is good in Australia because Tommy Paul made a deep run last year in the Australian Open, and B, a guy who has a lot of stamina, one of the more fit players on tour, and a guy that loves to keep the ball in play. I see a lot of really long rallies early. Maybe Draper wins a set, but I do think Paul takes him to deep water stamina-wise, and I do have my doubts about Draper uh, holding up physically. So give me Paul to get the job done at minus 140. Now that's going to wrap it up for Adelaide moving on to Auckland. We're going to start off with the first match on the schedule for Auckland, and that match will be between Mueller and Daniel. Big match for us, by the way, because we have Daniel to win the quarter at about plus 650. So hopefully Daniel gets it done, and he currently is the betting favorite for this matchup, barely. He's minus 115, and Mueller is minus 105. So if you want to hedge the Tyro Daniel quarter play, you can, but I'm going to let it ride. Uh, I do think that based on how these players have performed in this tournament, should be relatively even, but I think that Daniel's the better player. Over-under is at 22.5. Over is minus 105. Under is minus 115. I honestly would prefer to take the sets over at plus 130 as opposed to the total because both Daniel and Moore are not great servers. So I'd rather just take the sets since I really don't see a tiebreaker taking place in this matchup. Maybe you'll get one, but I see it being a bit more unlikely. But as for the actual path of both players, Daniel has been in good form, ended up beating Vukic in a competitive straight set win in the first round, then ended up beating Purcell 6-2, 6-4 in the second round. As for Amur, he went through qualifying, and then he ended up looking pretty sharp because he ended up beating Bonzi in straight sets, and he killed Sarandolo. I don't know what happened there. Sarandolo only won two games in the entire match as Moore won 6-1, 6-1. But I do think that the odds are so short because of a great performance from Moore, which might have been a little bit of an overachievement. I think Moore is a good player. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's 6-1-6-1 great. Maybe his game's translated well to the courts here, but I do think that the 6-1-6-1 match of victory is kind of inflating the line here. And I think that as a result, Daniel should be a bigger favorite. I'm expecting, as I've said before, Whenever you get a perfect match, quote-unquote, you tend to see the same player struggle the match after, just based on the law of averages. So give me Daniel to look like the better player here, and I do think he'll end up getting the job done on the money line. But nothing really, I'd say, substantial on this match. That's kind of my lean. I would consider the over in sets, but I am only to Daniel money line at minus 115. Moving on to the next matchup, you have the biggest favorite on the entire card, uh, regardless of tournament, as you have Shelton taking on Baina. Baina's kind of a surprise to actually be here because Baina was able to beat Agut and ended up beating Offner. 
Offner was our pick to actually win that quarter. So unfortunately, Baina was able to get the job done there. As for Shelton, he played one match, looked fine against Morozin. So we know that the main story for Shelton here is the big serve in the firepower, and Baina is going to be the opposite. Not a great server, but he's going to try to out-rally the opposition. I think Shelton's worthy of being minus 500. You can argue it's maybe a bit steep, but I do think his game is going to play well on these courts. I think it should be closer to like minus 350, minus 400, but I'm kind of splitting hairs because I think Shelton's going to win. Now, as for the actual uh, game spread, Shelton minus four and a half games is plus 105. Uh, Baina plus four and a half games is minus 125. As for the actual total, 21 and a half over is minus 115. Under is minus 105. As for the set wagering, Shelton to win in straight sets is currently available at minus 150. And Baina to win a set is plus 120. Uh, the over two and a half sets in this match, by the way, is a plus 190. Now, Shelton, I said before, has played one match here. So you can argue that maybe this is an overreaction, but I'm not sure if it is. Baina, I didn't think had much of a chance in hell to actually win the quarter. And now he's one match away, but he's a big dog for a reason. I think Shelton wins. I just don't think Baina is a good enough server. I think Shelton will be able to avoid facing many break points. And I do think that Baina is going to struggle to hold the serve at least a couple of times per set, where Shelton should mostly have easy holds. Give me Shelton in straight sets at minus 150. I know Baina has been good, but Offner is not exactly a great server. Agud is definitely not a great server. It's a massive step up and test for his return game, and I have my doubts. So give me Shelton to win in straight sets at minus 150. Moving on to the next matchup, you have Nori taking on Tabilo. Tabilo, kind of a surprise guy as well in the quarterfinals, as he was able to upset a couple of players, ended up upsetting... Uh, first of all, he went through qualifying, then he beat Gojo in the first round, lost the first set 6-1, and then completely turned it around, and then beat Dezanshulp. 7-5-6-3. So he's been in good form. But the question is, can he handle Nori, who ended up going to three sets against Van Asch in the last match, which he ended up winning the two sets comfortably. The one set he lost was in a tie break. But the point is, Nori is a guy that I picked to win the event. He's minus 275 to, on the money line. Tabilo is plus 230. As for the game spread here, Nori minus 3.5 is plus 115. Tabilo plus 3.5 is minus 105. Over under the 22.5, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. As for the set wagering, Nori in straight sets is currently a minus 105. Tabilo plus 1.5 sets is minus 125. Over under 2.5 sets is plus 145. Now, the reason why I picked Nori to win this event, even though I was not a fan of his game last year, he looked good in the United Cup, so maybe he's turned a corner, beat Demenauer, who's been in really good form, so that is a good win for him. And Nori's been good here in years past. He made the final of this tournament twice, did lose in the final, but I know for a fact his game does translate well. And I do think that Tabilo is a relative unknown, solid talent, but he's more of a clay guy. And I think that even though he's performed well in this event, Nori is a player who's too consistent for him, and I think that Nori eventually will just wear him down. Maybe it goes three, but I do think Nori wins. Tough to find much value, though. I think the value would probably be on the minus one and a half sets for Nori at minus 105. Once again, he can lose a set, but Nori is the better hardcore player. He has a much better resume in this tournament in particular, which I think is going to translate to a good showing here. Give me Nori in straight sets to beat the surprise quarterfinalist in, in uh, straight sets there. Maybe a tiebreaker, but I do think that, once again, Nori will get the job done. And moving on to the last match for Auckland in the quarters, you have Fees taking on Altmaier. 
Altmaier, another surprise quarterfinalist, as he has been really, really good. I thought it was going to be Giron, uh, potentially making a deep run. You saw Altmaier beat him. Then I thought it was going to be Felix, potentially, uh, but I didn't really trust Felix enough to make a deep run in the event. I just thought it was a decent draw for him. And you saw Altmaier kind of bury him. So the point is, Altmaier has been on the warpath recently, and we'll see how he looks in this match against Fees. Now, Fees basically had a bye in the Wednesday matches because he faced off against Borges, who I've mentioned several times on the show. I think he sucks, and I will admit that. I will fully announce that repeatedly. He's good on he's good on clay, but for the most part, he's a challenger-level player masquerading as an ATP-level player. Having said that, Borges did beat Mickelson, and I called Mickelson one of the most overrated players on tour at this point in time. He's still very young. He'll figure it out. But the odds makers really give Mickelson too much credit, and he can't even beat Borges on hardcore. So that's a segue. But Phil Afiz has had a pretty easy path, beat Gasquet, who's one step away from retirement, and beat Borges, who sucks. As for Altmaier, he beat good competition in straight sets, beat Giron, and beat and beat Felix. I think Altmaier is actually pretty interesting for this matchup. Is he going to win? I don't know about that, but I think he's good enough to compete. I think that this line might be a bit too big. You're looking at fees being about four on the spread, minus four at minus 105. You have plus four for Altmaier at, at minus 115. Fee's money line is minus one is uh, minus three fifty, and Altmaier's money line is plus two eighty. Over under in games is twenty two minus one ten a piece. Twenty three is plus one twenty to the over minus one fifty to the under. Match to go three sets is plus one sixty. Altmaier to win a set is minus one fifteen. Fee's to win in straight sets is minus one fifteen. Simply put, I think there's value on Altmaier. I'm not saying that he's going to win the match, but I think this price is a bit absurd. Fee's has been good. But he hasn't really played anybody, and I think that you're looking at the strength of schedule. I think Giron and Felix in straight sets is much better than Gasquet and Borges in straight sets. Altmaier's one-handed backhand and his overall firepower have looked really good here. So I think Altmaier is actually pretty live to make this match interesting. I think he should be favored at like minus 200. I think 350 is absurd. So the value's on Altmaier. I am going to lead to the games with him at plus four. That's going to wrap it up, though, for the actual quarterfinal match previews. And now it's time for the Lock and Dog picks. But for any of that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. We're proud to announce the SGPN Playoff Challenge. Edge Boost is the first bet now pay later provider that enables you to double your bet at any sportsbook or DFS site with no interest. The contest is bankroll style, and you start with 10,000 virtual units. At the end of the playoffs, the biggest bankroll will win credit into higher advanced limits from Edge Boost. The winner gets a top, the top three get a deposit match from Edge up to $2,500 with no interest or fees. And the top 25 will get a deposit match from Edge up to $500 with no interest or fees. Sportsgampodcast.com slash NFL playoff to enter. The sportsgampodcast.com slash NFL playoff. We're also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings is the official sports book and the official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. And it is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Whether you want to end up taking the Steelers plus 10 maybe, or if you want to take the Bills minus 10, or if you want to go to maybe Matt Stafford's return to Ford Field. A lot of options that you can definitely bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 
eight hope and why or text hope and why four six seven three six nine in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age Varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. We're also brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love to attend sporting events in person. And it used to be very difficult to actually find a ticketing platform that I could trust. But that changed once I found Game Time. Because Game Time is the fast and easy way to get tickets without the stress. Game time is great for buying tickets for sporting events, music, comedy, and theaters near you. And they also have a great feature that I do love, which is the images of seat views feature, which will show you the exact view that you're going to get if you end up purchasing a specific ticket. So before you actually spend money without knowing what view you're going to get or if the view is going to be obstructed, it will give you a preview so that it will never be an issue for you ever again. But game time is also the fastest growing ticketing uh, app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Sign things out the stress with Game Time, perfect for the NFL playoffs. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet, but directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, and a ton of social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut also offers low VIG and fully customizable odds so you can create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so all you have to do is place your wager and never have to worry about chasing anyone down for money. They also have great social features, group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, etc. They also have rewards. Get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T dot com. Use promo code SGPN to get a 10% deposit bonus. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little money over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And remember, when you sign up, use the promo code SGPN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. To Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this end of all season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports Center Analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea, no matter how ridiculous it might seem, into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN. You can 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the quarterfinal matches in Adelaide and in Auckland. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog Picks, but... 
Before we continue that, I do want to make one announcement I forgot to mention earlier before the ad break. Mentioned in the last episode at the end, maybe you missed it, but we did a contest for the 200th episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. This is technically episode 201, but we are doing a giveaway. We are giving away a $75 SGPN gift card. I've received possession of the gift card, so I can just send it to anybody that wins the contest. But the way that it works, leave a review and message me on Twitter. Uh, showing me a screenshot that you left a review, and I will have all of the people that have done so in a random drawing, and I will announce the winner in the next episode for the semifinals. So once again, uh, leave a review either on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, and send me a screenshot of that review on Twitter at Show Radio, and I will pick a winner at random, and the winner will get a $75 gift card for the SGPN merch store. But anyway, I want to mention that now before I forgot. Moving on, though, to the Lock and Dog Picks for the lock, I think I actually am going to go back to Adelaide. I'm going to go to the matchup between Draper and Paul. Even though I really like Draper as a player, I think minus 140 is too cheap on Tommy Paul. Now, I know Draper did beat him last year, but the scheduling spot is so bad for Draper that I have to at least factor it in for a couple of cents because Draper had, once again, a three-hour, 30-plus-minute match against Kikmanovic, which is an insane amount of tennis. Back-to-back tiebreakers to end the match, which he won both of. But the point is, Draper is a very good player who's had durability issues. And now, with the US, with the Australian Open on deck starting on Sunday, I do wonder if Draper's starting to feel the effects of that match. Does he quit? Maybe. Is he going to be compromised? He might be. But Paul had an easy, basically an hour-long match, and Draper was just killing himself to win and even reach this point last round. It's a very, very good spot against a guy with durability concerns who might be exhausted playing a back-to-back. So give me Paul on the money line of minus 140 as my lock because also, top around, find the right book for you because, once again, some books will void if a player retires mid-match and other books will pay it out. Look for a book that has the payout because I think that there is maybe a slim chance that Draper gets hurt and maybe pulls out and tries to save his energy for the Australian Open. But that's going to be my lock for my dog. I think, coincidentally, I'm actually going to stay in Adelaide. I think I am going to go with the other match between Bublik and Musetti, and I think I like the over uh, two and a half sets at plus 130. Bublik did go to three sets in the last round against Evans, and I know that Bublik, of course, is an up-and-down player. When it's good, it's really good. But when it's bad, damn, it's really bad. But Musetti's kind of the same way. I think both guys are head cases, but Musetti did look better with the serve so far in the calendar year. And he was able to bury Thompson, but Thompson was banged up for about the back half of that match with the groin issue. So I do think that Musetti is in line to look pretty sharp. So is Bublik, but give me what should be a fun matchup that can go either way. The odds suggest it with Bublik being minus 120 and Musetti being even money. So in a coin flip match, give me the match to go three at plus 130. So once again, the lock it up picks of the show, the lock's going to be on uh, Tommy Paul, money line at minus 140 against Draper, and the dog will be on Musetti and Bublik over two and a half sets at plus 130. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. A reminder to once again enter that contest for a $75 gift card. So it's free to enter. Leave a review. Send me a screenshot on Twitter at Rice Radio, and you'll automatically be entered into the random drawing, which I will announce the winner of next episode for the semifinal. As for the next episode, we're back once again for Thursday to go through the semifinal matches. Then we have a pretty 
busy schedule because we have two episodes for the final in Adelaide and in Auckland. And we also have an episode previewing the Australian Open, which should be a fun one. And then we'll get into the episodes for the Australian Open per round. So if you're not aware of that, we do the episodes for the 250s and the 500s with uh, the quarterfinals onward. But we will skip a couple of rounds. As for the Masters 1000s and the Grand Slam events, we do one episode per round all the way through. So that's going to be the schedule. Until then, though, find me on the NBA show, find me on the NFL show, a bunch of podcasts of the network. Until next time, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.